0: You are now listening to
1: Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. Sam and Steve here, always give you a breakdown of Yankees baseball. Winners of four in a row. Sam, you must be feeling good down there. How you doing, man? I'm
0: doing great, Steve. The Yankees, four in a row, seven of ten. And we had to take last week off. But, Steve, this is the first time I am coming on happy. Probably around the 4th of July, that episode before that. Because after the 4th is when they started to slide a little bit. I don't know. But it's finally feeling like the team close to it, that we watched in April through June because they're hitting, they're pitching well, and things are going really, really well right now. The Yankees have a six-game lead with 19 games to go. They're up on the Toronto Blue Jays. The Rays and them have kind of been beating up on each other. And you go back – We recorded before the Rays series. I said the Yankees would lose. Two of three they did. Yep. But, oh boy, did they get a big one. That finale on Sunday with Clay Holmes getting a call, two balls below the knees of Yandy Diaz, and Yandy Diaz throwing his helmet all the way here to Fort Lauderdale, four hours down I-75. But the Yankees leading the loss column went from – Three games to four, it likely would have gone to two had Diaz gotten on base. And right now, they're six up in the lost column with 19 to play. I'm looking at this last week, and when you're talking about a turning point of the Yankee season, it felt like they had to win that game. The Rays have slid since then. Steve, if the Yankees do not eke out a win there, I think we are coming on here with this a one- or two-game lead in the lost column. Or the Yankees have fallen out of first place altogether.
1: Yeah, it was a huge, huge call that went in the Yankees' favor, and we've been bitching about the ump's not giving any Yankees any calls here. But it seems like actually the past week or two, it's gone more in our favor. And getting swept there was the you know the devastation, you know panic button, panic alarm, panic atomic bomb. So the Yankees got the momentum there, and then the good old Minnesota Twins. You know the Minnesota Twins came into this season with a lot of hype. They've had a lot of injuries too, but there is no bigger beat town in all of sports than the Yankees and the Twins. The Yankees beat the Twins at like a 700 clip. They obviously can't beat them in the playoffs here. And it looks like you know, the Twins aren't going to make the playoffs, so the Yankees can't get a guaranteed win there too. But they're taking three out of four from the Twins. They, they kind of let go of that last one to get the full sweep. But then, as you said, but they lost that first game versus the Rays
0: which was a shit show with the Hicks play.
1: Which was yeah. a shit show. Uh, cra- crazy. Yeah, crazy. That was the Aaron Hicks game. Um, but I'm saying the same thing. Imagine if they blew that in Tampa. And even if they win the three out of four versus the, versus the Twins here, they lose that first game to the Rays. So that would be four consecutive losses to the Rays. So that win split that up. And then luckily that the Aaron Hicks boondoggle didn't ruin the rest of the clubhouse because they went on to score 20 runs. The next 48 hours. They uh, their
0: dicks in. They, they kicked did. their dicks in.
1: Nine straight singles to, to start the, that second game, which was just silly and so un-Yankee-like. Uh, and then, you know, from there, they, they, they've taken care of you. The Red Sox are trying to book tee times. That franchise is, is in an interesting spot there, too. They literally didn't look like they cared or wanted to play any baseball on Wednesday night. Uh, Yankees take that mini-sweep. And there you go. now we're looking, like you said, we're, we could have been in some deep shit. But now we're six up on Toronto. They're they're the more important team right now than, than Tampa Bay. We're seven and a half up on Tampa Bay, as Toronto uh, just completed back to back wins uh, of Tampa to get a game and a half lead there, and they're not done playing each other. So the Yankees are in great shape. Magic number is fourteen with with nineteen to go, as you said here. So barring some catastrophe, the Yankees looks like they avoided really avoided coming too close to to a historic. A historic uh, dropout of, of up 15 games. The lead never got below three, but it, it was it was close quarters there for the Yankees with a, a six-game lead now. And Sam, you could look at it. We, we're going to talk about Aaron Judge. But I, I think we Glaber Torres needs some praise because after having one of the worst Augusts of maybe all time, he has turned it around and, and kind of been a catalyst for, for this offense and for this team. Uh, at the right time when they desperately needed someone besides Aaron Judge to take the reins, got to go
0: really quick on this to you, Steve. Glaber Torres's last hit in Wednesday night's game not wasn't a hit. They called it an error on the center fielder for the Red Sox. Yeah. The smoke that ball there, yeah, still, sm- yeah. And I, I was confused. I thought the hometown scorekeeper would have given Torres. um, hit there but he finishes the night three for four in his last um five games including this one he is nine of 23 that's in you know around you know well over 300 he looks like a different hitter when he's going inside out on the ball taking with the pitcher gives him sometimes he just looks like he's pressing and then he gets out of it mentally but if the Yankees have this version of Glaber Torres, and Mark Carrig wrote a good piece about him in The Athletic the other day. He says, if Glaber Torres rediscovers his swing and with the pieces the Yankees are getting back from injury and Giancarlo Stanton starting to look a little bit better timing-wise, not all the way back yet, it's an offense that can really do some damage in October, combined with the good pitching that has really carried them through this stretch as well. But when you're talking about X factors of the Yankees offense, Aaron Judge is always going to be there. Anthony Rizzo, Benintendi working back from injury, Stanton trying to get it going again. If Glaber Torres is hitting like he is right now, it's a big difference maker. He's been in that three hole the past few days, but Aaron Boone can move in two, three, four, five. There's a lot of options with Glaber, and we have – Beating the drum a lot on this podcast. When he's going inside out to right field, it's when he's at his best. It's just getting him to do that consistently has been a challenge. But the message from the the, the staff to him just has to be: take what the pitcher gives you consistently. Do not try to play hero ball. Keep. Keep the line moving. You have the power. He's got 22 home runs this year after a couple down power seasons. We knew he probably wasn't going to get up to the 40 range like he did in 2019. But that doesn't matter. He can keep the line moving, and he has the power to get 20, 25 home runs a year. And we're seeing a really, really good version of him these last few days. Three
1: multi-hit games in his last five. So watch out and you hit the nail on the head there too. Going, going the opposite way here, and and some, some stats to back it up. He is slugging seven ten on on balls hit in the opposite field. Well, a complete different player uh, when he when he goes when he goes the other way. He and that 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 bases loaded, bases clearing, double, in, in extra innings pr- proved that that's just a rocket. Uh, opposite way and the ball just took off to the wall in a matter of seconds here uh glaber really really you know focusing in on there. you know he talked about his struggles really bad he's he's like i'm I'm really happy that august is gone and it maybe was just a mental thing in, in his head that turning the page of that chapter turned the page in his brain and he, he's hitting the ball significantly better and, and i think a key thing is which makes sense because he's playing well but but Sam he looks he looks like Glaber twenty one year old Glaber happy as can be just glad to be in the big league smile on his face all the time he is laughing it up on the bases he got that little league home run today he's in the then they showed you know Michael Casey too he was animated kind of analyzing pitches uh, from from the dugout he, he's engaged Glaber is one hundred percent fully engaged he had the the dog days uh, of August clearly got to him um, and he's turned it on and Aaron Judge said it after the, the TBS broadcast, too, with Glaber. It's a guy that shines in the spotlight. He leaves Major League Baseball in walk-off hits since he since he came, got called up from the minors several years ago. He's a guy that really, you know, likes the spotlight. And we see it all the time. He comes up all the time in that big spotlight moment late in games. You know, before that double with the bases loaded, he was 1-for-14 with the bases loaded this year. A couple, couple hits here and there, uh, and that kind of changes his season overall. Like I said, power is going to be there. You know that that shot to dead center is a home run in most in most parks. Uh, really like to see that, and and he still, we saw it a few times earlier this year too. If you give him a pitch on the inside and high, he's going to turn on it and, and, and pull it and just absolutely smoke the ball. So the power is there, but it, it was he gets he gets pull happy, and it's good to see that he's back on that side of things too. Might be coincidence, but it could be a mental game here too. Two things that changed, I think, for Glaber the past two weeks is the Yankees called up, the, you know, Oswald Peraza, and people thought he was going to play a lot, too, and he could play second base and take Glaber's spot, but that obviously didn't happen. And DJ May went on the IL, and he's obviously a second baseman, too. He would have been playing a lot of first, with, with Rizzo on the IL, too, but maybe that threat of losing his spot to a young kid put some some giddy-up on him, but at the same time, the knowing that the... The veterans that you know, DJ LeMay, is not taking his spot, kind of counteracted that. I don't know what how to describe it really, but since those two things happened, he's a completely different player. He has been, and I think
0: that plays a big role in what he's done here because Peraza coming up, everyone thought he was going to be the everyday shortstop for IKF, but that clearly has not been the case. And then, like you said, he can play second base, but. It remains a mystery to me as to what they're doing with Peraza, and then they, Levine- they got bullied
1: into Twitter bullied them into bringing him up. The Yankees had no interest in calling him up. They had some injuries, and, and Twitter bullied him into that move. And they're just sitting him here despite Twitter. I, I think he should be in, he should be in AAA, continuing to play, continuing to, to, to work on his game here. Um, I, I think he's going down once we get healthy. You know, when DJ comes back and Rizzo comes back, he's a prime candidate to just be sent down. And maybe not even sit down, but just like, hey, you're sent down to the minors, but you're going to stay here with the with the major league team and not be on a roster and just sit in the dugout and get that experience and get ready for next year. You know, the, you know it's similar to kind of what the Yankees had with Jeter in 95 in the playoffs. You know, he didn't play in the playoffs, but he was there. So I think that's what we're going to see here. I, I don't think we're going to I maybe see him once the Yankees clinch, maybe see him in a game or two, but he's not going to be on the playoff roster. I don't think so either. And when you talk about Lemayhew.
0: This is an injury that's scaring me, sticking yeah. with the infield a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, he just was
0: – he looked like he couldn't walk for
1: for a, a little bit. It's, it, he couldn't. He kind of admitted to it. He's like, I can't swing.
0: And the Yankees were still trotting him out there. So when you're talking about injuries in the infield, right now I know, I know Marwin Gonzalez is playing a lot of first base.
1: Which I Arras. called. I said that right last week. I said the only reason he's not getting DFA'd is because the Yankees are scared shitless of first base if there's more injuries come. And then like the next day, DJ's gone. And
0: right now, LeMayhew is on the I.L. I don't know how he'll be if he comes back. I mean, a foot injury really, really scares me. So it's intriguing. And Torres is arguably the most consistent bat in the entire infield right now when you look at it left to right. I mean, Donaldson, IKF, who's had some surprising pop in the last couple of weeks, and then you have Marwin Gonzalez who right now is the everyday first baseman. I know <laughs> Rizzo, they're saying Sunday he could possibly come back, but Glaber is the bat in the infield right now and where a lot of that production on the offensive side of the ball is coming, and really it's a testament to the whole Yankees offense, too. IKF with some hits.
1: A grand uh, slam
0: from Isaiah That a no-doubter. <laughs> that was a beauty to watch. You, you look at the entire offense, it's judge, and then they're getting some contributions from some guys every night. And I mean, you go back a week, five runs, five runs, seven runs, they scored four in the losses and then 10 10, seven, five. They're at five runs in every game they've won since last Sunday. So, or take out the last Sunday's game. They're, they're In this seven and three stretch, they're at five or more runs in six of them. Uh, I, I'm going to venture to say they did not have a stretch like that earlier this summer, last month, when they won five in a row. They did not score five runs in four out of the five games. So the offense is definitely coming back around and it's only going to get better. Rizzo's coming back. Benintendi should be back near the end of the month, maybe right at the beginning of October for those games in Texas. But the offense should only get better right now.
1: Yeah. And we, I think we should finish out the infield here. And we, you know, the grand slam was real nice, but. IKF I has been very good. Same thing as Glaber. Since Peraza was called up and people were like, yes, IKF to the bench. You know, Peraza's our everyday shortstop, which we thought very well could be the case. He's batting 350 in September, where, you know, it's 12 games, uh, but it's 40 at bats, 14 hits in, in, in 40 at bats, two home runs, including that Grand Slam, um, five stolen bases, including two tonight on Wednesday. He's getting on base at a 420 clip uh, this month of September. This is his best 15 days uh, as a Yankee, and it came when the pressure was on that he was going to be benched. Um, it started kind of started too when he got a couple games at third base. He had some really nice plays at third base um, when, when Donaldson was on paternity leave here, but he's he's looked solid at sec at, at short um, th- this month as well. So this IKF I here was on the verge, I think of possibly becoming a utility guy uh, come playoff time with, with the call-up of Peraza. But we've seen it. The Yankees have made it very clear now that he's the Yankees' shortstop in this playoffs. And if he could do something close to what he's doing this September, that's another, he's, he's the Yankees' best hitter with runners in scoring position. 41 of his 45 RBIs have come with runners in scoring position. Yes, the Soft contact isn't fun, and the, the errors have been embarrassing at times for him, but he has done exactly what the Yankees wanted him to do from the shortstop position. And to some part, he's done exactly what a lot of Yankee fans wanted him to do, which is just make contact, don't strike out, and don't embarrass us uh, at shortstop. 100% has embarrassed us at shortstop, but from a hitting standpoint, he's done exactly what we thought he was going to do. Which, which is fine. If he's a starting shortstop next year, we can go back and start pitching and moaning. But he's a starting shortstop for the rest of this year. Um, and his play in September has, has earned it. 64 strikeouts in 472
0: played appearances coming into the night. That's really, really good. He makes contact. And like you said, a lot of it's soft, whatever. In the playoffs – and especially down the stretch and in baseball in general, contact is contact. Contact makes the defense work. Contact moves runners. So It's what people have been yelling that the Yankees don't have for years. Exactly. So that's what he is. And I wanted him sent to outer space a couple of weeks ago, 100%. But he's answered the bell when Peraza – with Peraza being called up. And kudos to him. He's a great guy. He seems to be really good with the media and he's even shown a little bit of pop. Grand slam, another home run in the last couple of weeks. He is the unquestioned shortstop heading into the postseason. And it, unless DJ Lemayhew is a long term thing or something else happens, Oswald
1: Peraza is not going to be anywhere close
0: to the postseason roster, like you said.
1: Yeah. And look, As long as the ball's not hit in on Falefa, yeah, but he's been historically bad on balls coming in at shortstop. Um, so as long as we can avoid that, then I think we can avoid it in a, an embarrassing error that costs us a World Series. But it's an option because he has not been good in the field. But from a plate perspective, he's given what the Yankees have asked for. Um, and if there's runners on base late in a game and it's particularly in runnings and scoring position I'm completely fine with having Connor Falefa up there and getting a bloop single to, to win a World Series game or win a playoff game it's, it's been good it's been a nice, nice change of pace after you know the, the rough August for everybody involved for the Yankees Sam, the only person we didn't kind of mention before we start talking about the pitchers who we have to is Aaron Judge this is ridiculous Entering Wednesday's game, Aaron Judge had a 20-home run lead over Kyle Schwarber for the MLB lead. A 20-home run lead over the second-place person has not happened since 1928 when Babe Ruth was eating hot dogs and lapping fields, lapping teams in regards to home runs here. This is historic shit from Aaron Judge. And I still have zero idea why any pitcher's are putting anything remotely close to the strike zone, and the Red Sox left two meatballs on Tuesday, and, and, and Judge sent it to the moon both times. Pulled one and went the other way with the other one here for two home runs just to give him an insane number. He's at 57 home runs on the year, on pace to break Roger Maris's record. He's on pace for 63, I believe, right now. It, it's just crazy to watch every game. It's it's insane.
0: I loved your tweet today. It was, we haven't seen anything like this. Since. Oh, it was,
1: it was uh, Shohei Otani is doing stuff we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. Aaron Judge is, and that it was a stat about, he's doing something we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. So, history is being made from Otani, 100% give him credit, history is being made from Otani, But it's also being made from Aaron Judge in, I'd say, which is the biggest, the biggest record In baseball, which is the home run record, he's not getting to seventy three, but if seventy three is the biggest record in baseball, leading the Yankees in home run history, home runs is the next mark that you need to break, and he's on pace to do that. He's on pace to get Roger Maris. He's on pace to you know pass Babe Ruth. It's just crazy how how crazy how it's just crazy. (laughs) I'm looking at
0: Babe Ruth's numbers here. He played from 1914 <laughs> to 1935. This is causing me to go down rabbit holes. Uh, I mean, can you believe they recorded official stats back in this day?
1: Like, are these real? I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, and he's playing a weird look. I mean, look, um, it's... Like, when you talk about, like, the
0: Mount Rushmore of Yankees, and I, and I know we're getting a little bit off topic, but just because we're talking about Otani and Judge and Babe Ruth... When you're talking like about the Mount Rushmore of Yankees, and like, oh, Jeter shouldn't be on it, yada yada. Babe Ruth played, last played for the Yankees almost
1: 100 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's 1934. It's, it's, look, Mike, I don't know if you read it, Sam, but uh, I know I sent it to you, but the, the Mike Pratillo article that he put up there about how this is the craziest home run feat that, that we're watching and just kind of outlining why was an absolute must-read. You know, not to go through the entire entire article, but talks about how Babe Ruth, you know, basically only played against white players. Babe Ruth didn't face any relievers. They just let the pit starting pitcher just throw 130 pitches every game, and he's smoking like 75 mile an hour. Um, you know, fastballs off a guy that that's thrown two days ago, and then probably has to go work at a lumberyard after the game. <laughs> so, like, it's it's a different scenario. Like Aaron Judge. Gets 14%. Um, I'm trying to look at make sure I get it right, because Mike absolutely crushed that article. But he gets like 14% of his plate appearances are, are versus a uh, pitcher the third time. Where like Babe Ruth's it was like 75% of his plate, you know. And it's just, and it goes perfectly to show like how important that is. The Red Sox series showed it. They let Nick Pivetta pitch to Aaron Judge a third time. And it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. The first pitch, he's like, all right, home run, done. Imagine he got to do that every game. <laughs> He'd be hitting 90 home runs. Instead, he, every time Aaron Judge comes to the plate, it's usually a new pitcher, a new pitcher who's throwing 100 miles an hour. Um, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, and look, that's it's why it's impossible to judge errors here. You know, the, the workouts are, are different. You know, Aaron Judge would be put in like a freaking circus if he was alive back then, just at his pure size. But it, it, it's tough to compare. But in the end, you're you're going to compare them. And if the Yankees are the most known franchise in all of sports, not just baseball, uh, here in America, that the home run number of the Yankees of 60 and 61 is one of the biggest records of all time. And Aaron Judge is on pace to break that. Like, this should be, they should be cutting into ESPN and Sports Center every at bat that Judge they
0: are up. on MLB network. Oh, well, they are now
1: good. So yeah, I, yeah. I you know, we're, we're just watching the game all the time, so I don't really have that, but they're good. They need, they need to be. This is – I remember that happened with Bonds. Every time Bonds was up, even for every intentional walk, they're like, all right, we'll cut to Barry Bonds here, which was, like, amazing because you actually – before the Twitter agent and the other – you had no idea if Bonds was hit a home run or not until, like, the next morning. So, like, you got to cut into every Aaron Judge at-bat the rest of the year if you're MLB Network, and I'm glad to see that they're doing that. It's awesome.
0: It's like every at-bat right now, it's when Judge comes up. I mean, the place is standing – Everything and shout out to the Yankees fans at Fenway again. I mean, you can get the MVP chance both nights. It's, it's so awesome to watch. There's going to be a shit ton of Milwaukee this weekend as well, just as there is anywhere. So uh, that's going to be an an interesting series that we'll get a new, but it's, we're seeing a special season and for Yankees fans, we're really spoiled because we saw A-Rod do this, something similar in 2007, and to get to see this twice in fifteen seasons, my goodness, it is I mean, an absolute treat, and it's cool for me too. And for you, I'm like judge. This season's coming like I'm 25 years old, and A Rod was doing that when I was 10 years old. Like, just just for me, like to be able to like relive that and and stuff, like vivid memories. Like I remember A Rod hitting. Two home runs in one inning, and what was really special uh, for me on Tuesday night was the the Yankees won a game uh, in a pennant race. Actually, something popped up on my phone that ten years ago, Tuesday, September thirteenth, I was at Fenway Park with my father and we were there to see a s Yankees win in the middle of a race. And then to see like judge in the middle of an MVP season, do that and, and hit two home runs to propel the Yankees to a massive win. He legitimately did not let them lose that game. What was really, really special to see. So as Yankees fans, we've gotten to see two of the best 10 hit, uh, seasons from a hitter since the new millennium started. So, Don't take that for granted. No, it's really
1: not. Look, Aaron judge is likely going to break the 10, the 10 war mark. And it doesn't happen often. It's not going to happen. It's, it's, you know, you kind of get a little fatigue of it all, but like we've seen Mike Trout do it. And obviously Barry Bonds has done it and stuff like it is, it is a special, special season. And I hope everybody out West is getting the joys of watching Otani every game and seeing him do some special stuff too. But It's a different breed out. It's a different, different feeling out here in New York. It's, you know, this is a type of season that is going to make Aaron Judge a lot, a lot of money Um, at the same time. It's going to hopefully, and and Judge has been been great on it. They asked him about passing, you know, getting past, you know, Maris and and catching, uh, you know, sorry, getting past Mickey Mantle coming up on Maris and Ruth. Um, And he was like, you know what? Those guys are remembered for the home runs, but they're also remembered for their winning titles. So I need to do that before I'm with them. And that's, that's – he's kept it calm about that. He's always got the nice demeanor about it because um, he's got that Jeter mentality. 60 home runs, 65 home runs in his mind and in a lot of Yankee fans' minds won't matter if we flame out in the playoffs. So it's got to continue into the playoffs and hopefully it will. On the mound for game one of the playoffs, whoever it might be, is going to be Garrett Cole. And luckily for Gary Cole, it will not be in Fenway Park as he continued to struggle there. Um, he, he's least... just not comfortable on the mound there. Yeah, it's got. It. Me. He's that's mentioned good. it before, and it's a bullshit answer. But he's like, he doesn't like warming up out there. He doesn't really like the fans that are getting that close to him out there. Um, it may. It's a. It's a mental issue for him right now. But luckily, he doesn't have to go and go out to, to Fenway until until next April. So is that that's gone? But other than that, Gary Cole was looking good. He, he he's been, I think, pretty pretty good. Um, you know, people are gonna scream he hasn't been a three hundred million dollar ace. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident that, that Garrett Cole is gonna gonna produce for the Yankees when when, when needed. And he's, he had a, a really nice outing. You know, he's had two bad outings in the past the past month. Um, and they've come against good teams, which is what, what what's scaring teams. You know, he didn't pitch well versus Seattle and he didn't pitch great versus versus Toronto. But he so, rebounded
0: against Seattle out in Seattle, which was really good. He did,
1: he did, he did. Yeah, they back to back versus Seattle, which usually goes the other way around. Usually, if you dominate a team and you see him again in five days, you, you get lit up. It kind of was a reverse there too. So, what are what are your concerns, feelings, emotions about about Garrett Cole uh, the final few weeks of the year? I will say I have been a staunch
0: Garrett Cole defender, and I think he's been the Yankees' best and most consistent pitcher this year. But the home runs are scaring the shit out of me. Now, I know he got jobbed with the Bogarts home run. That was a 332 rinky-dink around the pesky pole. Shout out to the short porch in Yankee Stadium that's uh, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, how did everybody like that <laughs> the other night? But the home runs are scaring me. They, they've got to be two, three solos at max because if we're talking three-run homers here, three-run homers, they'll the win you playoff games when you hit them. They'll lose you. They'll be losses when you're on the mound. So for sure, the home runs are scaring the shit out of me. I am going to be completely honest and on the record about that. He, he leaves the ball up. Sometimes they get around on him. the The fastball's flat. Sometimes it's not riding. It's concerning, but I, I hope he can straighten it out. Like the Garrett Cole we saw against the Minnesota Twins is the Garrett Cole we need every night from here on out. His next start is Sunday against a Milwaukee Brewers team who's fighting for a playoff spot. The San Diego Padres are really, really sputtering, and it's opened the door for the Brewers to win the wild card after the St. Louis Cardinals have gone on a tear, and they're likely going to win the NL Central. So a big test Sunday for Garrett Cole, and it's one I'm going to be watching closely.
1: Yeah, he's kind of become the... The, the same thing as you know with, with the, the the three true outcome you know walk hit or home run for Cole it's basically just been strikeout or home run he's he's had you know games of the past two he's had three ten strikeout plus games out of the last four for Cole and he had that one weird outing in in Los Angeles where he didn't he only got four strikeouts but you know this guy's gonna get you nine ten strikeouts a game and as you said you hope it's just solo home runs he's got twenty seven home runs uh, given up on the year. Um, So basically a third of all the home runs, more than a third of all the home runs. Sorry. He's got 27 home runs on the year, 65 earned runs on the year. So a third of the earned runs he's given up have come via, you know, the long ball. So, you know, even more than that. So that's a concerning thing. Look, if he doesn't give up the home runs, he's lights out. And it's going to be really, really, really stressful. Um, it's not just the home runs it's the timing of the home runs Uh, as we saw with boston The yankees bounced right back to get a tie game and boom he gave up another one the next inning yankees tied again boom next inning immediately gave up another one it's that shutdown inning when his team picks him up um he needs to come out and help that team he's had a couple errors that cost him big time in games here back to ikf but if he does give up a home run or if he does give up a few runs early, the Yankees have the power to to even that game up pretty quickly. He needs to not just give it back. Giving back back up is so demoralizing for for a clubhouse. I feel like after they've come back and like, all right, pitcher, you gave up three. Don't worry, we'll get you three more. And then you go, oh, sorry, I need another two. That's gonna kill. So that that's gonna be the the, the key, I think, for for Cole. It's not that first home run. If it's he's giving up two or three a game, the Yankees are in deep trouble.
0: I know it's getting. Worrisome to me when he's not doing uh, getting those shutdown innings because it's like, okay, Marvin Gonzalez hits one last night. You get a home run from your nine hole hitter, that's a huge jolt. And then, boom, you just fall flat on your face because he gives up a home run to the Red Sox nine hole hitter, Reese McGuire. It, it's you're going to live by the home run ball. And you're going to die by it with Garrett Cole in another sense that you don't want him to give him up. But it's going to be something that every Yankees fan and every baseball fan is watching. If he's not giving up the home run ball, and I think we're going to know in the first time through the order. If he does not give up a home run in the first time through the order. I know he had that weird start against Kansas City in the Bronx earlier this summer when – they just kind of got on him in the sixth inning, but if he gets through one time in the order with no home runs, I'm gonna start feeling really good.
1: Yeah, he got 177 innings pitched. He's probably got four starts left in him, um, depending on how the Yankees uh, clinch out here. You know, maybe they're just from an inning standpoint, likely not gonna break the 200 inning mark, which is fine. But he's gonna lead the league in strikeouts. He's striking out 32% of batters that he faces. Um, which is amazing, but he's given up 1.37 home runs, uh, per nine, which is, you know, significantly higher than, than Nestor Cortez, who I think is going to be our two, no, no, no matter what for Severino. I think Cortez is your two. Um, he's given up home runs, uh, at a much lower rate of just barely over one. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Speaking of Severino, I think we see him next week. Um, he seems like he's ready. He's worked up. I think he's ready to be around 65 pitches. Trying to see where we can slot him in. He's a, He is... Uh, it's already done. Sorry. Severino is slotted to pitch Wednesday, September 21st, versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. So one week from today, we get Severino back on the mound, which is huge. He looks like he's been ready for like three weeks, which is why Severino was probably so surprised when he went on the 60-day IL of like, yo, I don't need that. I'll be back in 45, 50 days. Um, but... The Yankees are going to see if, if their patience with him is paying off here. So that's going to get Seve three to four starts before the playoffs, which the Yankees obviously think is, is enough to, to ramp him up and get ready for a game two or a game three. Which I, the way they have it lined up here would be a game three. If they stick with this current kind of rotation here, it's going to be Cole, Cortez, Severino, Montes, which is, which is fine with me. But that that's, Severino is, is your three, could be electric. If he if he's a savvy we need. We'll find out Wednesday, I guess. And I've accepted that they're
0: not going to get Houston for the best record in the AL. But one thing I do want to do, which could give the Yankees some options. I want this shit wrapped up after the Yankees play the Orioles on October 2nd. When they go to Texas to make up those four games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. We want... I want everything wrapped up. I want the two-seed wrapped up. Oh, I want but, Debbie Garcia pitching 40 of the 45 innings versus Texas. Just just throw out bodies out there. No, I agree. So that gives the Yankees... That, that, that is realistic, too. Oh, he's yeah. Right. He's on the 40-man, and we don't really have that. other no, Many other guys left on the 40-man. What that I'm play. saying is that getting stuff
0: wrapped up before
1: Texas is yeah.
0: realistic. That should be the Yankees' goal right now. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And, it's, it's like you said, Milwaukee's fighting for a spot here, but Pittsburgh... Rolling over. Boston has got got one foot on their their plane to Cancun. I mean, the three versus Toronto
0: um,
1: are are those are the only real threatening games the Yankees have left. I think you know Baltimore is you know they put on a fight and were fun all year, but you know they're kind of out of it. Um, So it's gonna it's it's a nice schedule for the Yankees to wrap up this year and get the rotation in order, get guys healthy. Um, You know Severino's gonna be huge coming back. Zach Britton. He's pitching in AAA tomorrow. That's could be huge. Zach Britton. You know, we thought his he thought his, his season was over. We recorded and got that news live that he got pulled from a game, and we were like, oh, See you never, Zach Britton. He's pitching in AAA. That, that he's, he's Zach Britton's gonna be an option for the Yankees in the playoffs. Um, you know, Chapman's working his way back here. There, there's the the next 15 days here. Um, you know, 20 days to get to the end of the year here. And you know, not to get too far ahead, is getting this playoff roster right and there's a lot of question marks here um but to, to go back real quick to the the other side of the field here one of the biggest question marks sam is, is harrison bader who went yard in his uh triple a game today uh, i think we see him this week as well that's somebody i'm really excited about seeing
0: he had some big moments out in st louis and i know the yankees like estevan Florial's defense in in center field but i think harrison bader
1: Florio getting sent down the second Bader gets on an airplane back to New York.
0: Yeah, Bader's got elite defense out there. We'll see how the plantar fasciitis is. I wonder if he's going to be 100%, but I'm really excited to see this player. And it's somebody we've been waiting, you know, over a month to see because the Yankees shipped him out or shipped out Jordan Montgomery minutes before the August 2nd deadline hit and then they get Bader who was hurt and that angered a lot of fans. And I, I had a lot of questions too, especially because like I said, even about DJ LeMahieu, you never know about these foot injuries and we know Bader has plantar fasciitis is dealing with that. So I'm very intrigued to see what he looks like. And if he's healthy, if he's a hundred percent, I think he's the everyday center fielder for the Yankees and Judge goes to right, uh, Ben Attendee goes to left if he comes back, and then Stanton is the DH in a playoff lineup. Yeah,
1: I think we lost Matt Carpenter as much as I'd like to see him come back and be a nice lefty DH for the Yankees. Uh, he's still in a boot. Uh, I think he he's done for the year. You know, maybe maybe a possibility if the Yankees advance far in the playoffs. So my question here, Sam, is if Bader comes that's, back. That's throwing Carpenter in cold, too. Yeah, no, I agree. I, that's why I, I don't. I, I'm not putting any weight into seeing him again this year. Um, no, but but look, we he, we threw him in cold when he was you know you know a, a warm body in Texas, and we were like, what are the Yankees doing? And he came in and was the best player for a little bit. My, my concern or question here is, I, I'm not sure Benintendi. That that timeline for Benintendi is really vague. So if if Benny's not back, how are we playing this outfield here? Are oh, we throwing Cabrera in left after a position he's never played before? Um, we throw in Bader in left and leaving Judge at center, even though we know Bader's got can cover more ground. It's going to be interesting what the what the Yankees do here. I, I think you leave Judge at center and you put Bader at left just because he has he kind of came up as a an all around player, but he hasn't really he hasn't played anything but center uh, since his rookie year. Um, and Cabrera's been great in right. He's been the best fielding right fielder since he's been called up. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do here with Bader. I'm assuming Bader played center field in, in, his, in his rehab stint, stint. But the guy with that much talent in center field is probably, I think, our best option for left field, right? What do you think? This is a tough
0: question because you could go a lot of different ways. I'd have to agree with you and put Bader in left,
1: judge in center. and You're trusting the kid in left? I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Like, Cabrera's done everything defensively. Phenomenally. If Benny Tenney's not back, I think you have to do that. Cause unless you're going Stanton in and left, because Stanton's played a lot of left field for the Yankees. Um, but then you're running the risk there, too, of, you know, I don't know who you're putting at DH then. Um, you know, maybe you're doing that and you're having, you're having LeMay you DH if he's still got some foot things. Uh, it's, it's a lot, a lot of things for the Yankees to figure out. And we know that if they get it wrong, heads are going to be people are going to want people's heads but it's not easy calls here when we're trying to get timing right back for all these injuries
0: i know it's gonna really come down to these next couple of weeks in terms of calendar days this is getting released thursday um we're 17 18 days out from the end of the regular season monday and or no we are
1: uh, three weeks out from the end of three, the regular season. Three weeks season. from the end of the regular season as we record right now.
0: Yes. So, that's... 21 we, days goes quick. That's going to be something big. So, if you want those rehab games in Texas, I mean, you'd have 18 days for Benintendi to heal. He was injured, I want to say, in Tampa. So, yeah, Aaron I Boone. Lost. Aaron Boone said he had that same surgery in 2001 and he was back in a month. You'd be right
1: around that time. Yeah, that's close. Well, it's, um, what I kind of want to see if the Benintendi timeline is getting really tight, use those Texas games to throw Cabrera in left field, just so we can kind of get a sense of what they're looking at for possibly the playoffs game. Cause I'm nervous as shit here. What if Benintendi can't come back and the Yankees throw Aaron Hicks in left Instead, and then you know Hicks Hader, um, Hicks Bader, and, and judges your outfield. I mean, I want I want Cabrera. He's, he's struggling at the plate here, but uh, we can't have Aaron Hicks be playing left field in playoff games, can we? Especially with what happened Friday against the
0: Rays. I mean, holy shit, that was one of the most embarrassing things I have ever seen out of a Yankees player. Uh, aside from what was that motherfucker's name who ran down the first baseline? No, oh, Guzman.
1: <laughs> Ronald Guzman. Um, I don't already forgotten.
0: I mean, we hardly knew you. But yeah, that, I mean, some of the most embarrassing moments uh, in the Yankees in recent years have come the last week with Ronald Guzman and Aaron Hicks. So it's going it's it, to be this outfield configuration, and that's why. That's why getting this wrapped up before they go to Texas or at least clinching that Monday is absolutely enormous.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And it gives you time to see what your bullpen's going to be like because if you've got Britton coming back, you've got Chapman coming back, Scott, I haven't heard Scott Efros in a little bit. I'm kind of nervous about him. You know, Miguel Castro's in a in a thing there. So that's four guys we use a lot this year, but I don't see really spaces for them. And they, uh, you know, obviously Ryan Weber's not going to be there. Hurt's not going to be there. Um, but they got some, some some interesting moves to make it for, uh, for there. But as you said, three weeks from today, we'll find out. We'll find out. we got to get there still. Magic number is 14. It looks good. We want to see it get lower. NL week, you know, random, but NL week, we're going to see a lot more of this next year. But we got five games this week, an off day on Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Milwaukee. Couldn't tell you the last time the Yankees ever played in Milwaukee. Um, and then two more versus Pittsburgh at home. What what are we looking at there versus versus teams that the Yankees should 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 work? Two or three in Milwaukee,
0: uh, but gotta win both Pittsburgh games. Uh, we're talking four and four and one, and, and then uh, we'll be back maybe before the Red Sox series. But against the Red Sox, you got to take three or four. You know we've got ten. We're talking nine games here. So if you're sweeping three. Eight and
1: excuse me, seven and two through nine games. That would keep up with their current pace of seven and three in their last 10. Yeah, they'll be interested. I am interested to, to see. Uh, Contreras is scheduled to pitch for the, the Pirates. He was a, a young, live arm that we traded for Tyone for. Um, and he's 22 years old and he, he's been making some starts here. He's, he's pitched, you know, almost 100, 100, almost 100 innings, um, with, with some mixed results, but a very, very live arm. So it'd be fun if Tyone was going up against him, but he draws uh, Nestor Cortez. Um, a little homecoming for a lot of these Yankees uh, and, and Cole and, and, and Tyone going. No, I'm well, I guess Pittsburgh's coming to us, so not really homecoming, but old Pirates. You'll see plenty of those bouncing around baseball team. Players just seem to thrive after they leave Pittsburgh. Um, but we'll uh, keep an eye on Contreras here, who's, who's going to be in the Pittsburgh rotation for the next few years, most likely a former Yankee prospect hand. Uh, I agree. It's gonna be. We got to take care of the, the Milwaukee. Milwaukee made I thought the weirdest moves of the of the deadline here, trading away pieces, but still trying to while they had a division lead. And shocking to no one, they they've struggled severely since that trade deadline, and they were a top. They were they had a three game lead, um, and St. Louis has just completely flew past them. But as you said, important games for them as they try to to fight for a wild card. They're, they're two games back. So these are huge. These are must-win games for the Brewers. So if the Yankees want some intensity here, they, they can't let up. Um, and they, they can't – they're, they're going to get competition, unlike they did from the Red Sox, even though the games were close here. It looked like we were playing, um, you know, a Little League team in Boston. Milwaukee's going to give us everything they have, which I like, which gives the Yankees, you know, reason to be full throttle.
0: Yeah, more – we're going to see more of this too. There's a lot of late, intriguing interleague series you saw – the Padres up in the Pacific Northwest today taking on the Seattle Mariners. Uh, the Yankees are going out to Wisconsin to take on the Milwaukee Brewers. With the amount of division games decreasing and the MLB, MLB taking a more global approach to the game and having every
1: Yeah, so team getting away every, from the, the two leagues essentially here. They
0: want every team in every market at least once a year, which I think is really good. It makes and,
1: sense, and, yeah. and it, it 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 makes it more of a level playing field. Um, you know, look at the AL Central, they they they're just a bunch of fucking teams that suck. Even like when we're looking at you know the Guardians, are eleven games over the four game lead, like it's it's a it's a division full of five hundred teams beating up on each on each other. You know, with, with some terrible teams, and then, um, you know the you know with the with the, with the way the Orioles played this year too, the AL beast has been good. You know, the AL, the NL East as well too. You know, a lot, of, a lot of good teams out there and some terrible teams too. But like, it's going to even the playing field a little bit and not make it so reliant on, you know, just some location matchups that, you know, you, well, it's not fair that some teams get to play the Pirates every year while the, a, while the Yankees have to play, you know, the the, the Mets every year in, in heated games. So it'll be fun. I'm excited to see some of these teams. We haven't seen it forever. Like I said, I can't remember the last time the Yankees played the Brewers. But, uh, in the end, it's it's baseball. I'm gonna win. So you said you yeah, won. seventy-two over the next nine. Um It works for me. That would, you know, magic number would probably be three or four if that happens. With, with yeah. two weeks to go.
0: And going back to the new MLB schedule, which we're seeing a little bit now with the Yankees playing in league late in the year, I really like it because the Yankees are coming down to Miami. There you next go. Summer. So Steve, I think. Road trip. I think you, I think you're coming down as well, and your wife is watching the two boys. So that, that that's going to be a uh, we're going to do a live episode. I think
1: that sounds good. <laughs> well, it'll, it'll have to come after we hopefully do a live episode during the parade in New York. But we'll we'll baby steps, baby steps. We'll get there now. Yankees, fourteen magic number to clinch the AL East, bouncing back in September. Winners of four in a row, uh, two over the the Red Sox, the last place Red Sox who are not going to finish above 500 this year. Um, But Gleyber Torres is doing well. Aaron Judge is chasing history. Plenty of baseball to watch these next three weeks. And Sam and I will be here to continue to recap it each week here and hopefully all the way into November. So thanks for listening to this episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes. Sam, I will see you next week.
0: See you next week, Steve. Can't wait. Go Yanks.